I'm Joy. And I'm Whitney. And you're listening to Do It For The Rose. Every week we recap the Bachelor and the Bachelorette franchise, talking about all the juicy details from each episode. While also asking the question, what will they do for a rose? Join us as we keep it light and fun discussing dating, relationships, and love. What's up, everybody? It's our week six recap on The Bachelorette. And I actually want to start off a little bit different. I think we need to revisit a very, very important subject, Katie's flannel. I was pretty interested about this topic because I love her flannel shirts. So there's this brown flannel jacket that she's wearing, and it's by the brand Revolve. I don't know. I actually had never heard of that brand before, but it's like X Revolve, and it's currently on sale for $113. I think I'm going to pass, but if anybody is interested, you can get it on Revolve.com. But Whitney is very serious about her flannel. She has I a am. flannel on right now, guys. I literally green. do. Green flannel shirt. <laughs> Getting her Katie on. Yep. But this episode starts off a little stupid to me. What do you think? It was uncalled for. I will say that. Stupid. I think it just went in with the flow of Katie being sex positive. So I think she just wanted to give the guys a challenge. I just think it was uncalled for. Don't really know if it's stupid. I guess that's left to interpretation. But she basically wanted the guys to hold their self-care. Now, she was talking to Tasha and Caitlin about this. And they were confused. They said, oh, what do you mean? Like, skincare? Because that's what I think of when you think of self-care. Right. Like, (laughs) Like you want them to stop brushing their teeth? Like what? Exactly. And that's what they said. They were like, oh, so don't do like a face mask. Don't wear deodorant. Don't shave. And she's like, uh, uh, no, not quite. Uh, no, not really. And they're looking at her like, so what are you talking about? And so she's like, no, self-care as in don't give yourself any self-love, any sensual self-love. That's the clean G-rated version. That was a really good way of putting it. Yeah, that was the the kitty version of what she was saying. And that's how it started off. And the girls were laughing. They thought it was funny. They were like, oh, they're going to have fun with this one. So Caitlin called it Operation Whoa-Whoa. Stupid. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just stupid. Whitney is not amused. I'm just like, what's the point? Like, really? I guess she wanted to see who can hold out and be the master of their domain, which I don't exactly understand it because your whole season is about being sex positive. So that's the part that I was like, why did she wake up and decide to do this one day? I don't know. I really don't. But the date card comes and guess who gets it? Justin, the artist. He gets a date card and everybody else is like, "Mm, okay, you know, everybody's feeling some type of way. And Hunter starts to talk. And it's like, I have mixed feelings about Hunters. Like, sometimes I actually like him, and sometimes I'm just like, get out already. So apparently Hunter has, like, this top four. He's like, yeah, Katie already has a top four. And he's talking to Greg, and he's saying that, you know, he probably thought Greg would have had a second one-on-one date because it's happened before. Sometimes in previous seasons, 
the guy who gets the first one on one date will likely get a second one. So Wait. now everybody's trying to question, okay, is Hunter just like a super fan or is he really here for Katie? Okay, wait, back up for a second because I'm kind of confused. I thought Greg got the first one-on-one. Yeah. Okay, so Justin got the card, right? Right. But Hunter told Greg that he thought Greg might get a second one-on-one date. Because he got the first. Because he got the first one. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Yep. Why don't we talk about the one-on-one date? So they did a one-on-one date, Justin and Katie, and it was basically a fake wedding. The whole point was to kind of go through the emotions and the gestures of if it was the actual day. Stupid. I personally do not like this. I No, I agree 100%. So dumb. Why would you do this? The whole point of a wedding is to experience it one time, one day. It's a one-time thing. This is not a practice round. And then do it again. But that's what they did. And it's again, so weird. You said it's weird? Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. And I feel like it takes away from the experience. Because you're already putting on the dress. You're already doing the vows. And that's what they were supposed to be doing. They were supposed to be writing vows for each other and acting like it was the actual day. Wait, they didn't they? Did this. I'm sorry, didn't they look like they were doing homework? It was like they were writing their vows and they're <laughs> sitting apart each other. And I'm like, it looked like they'd taken a test. It it did. At first, I kind of thought they were possibly going to do it together because they were sitting next to each other. But then Frank Lacosta came and took Justin away. And then Katie was sitting there and then she gets to writing. And that was the part that it did make it seem like homework or almost like a test. You know how I was like, Okay, everyone, pencils out, take your test, no looking, you know. Yeah. They did this fake wedding thing, and Franco LaCosta basically asked Justin, is he ready for this? You know, what do you think you're going to say? And then he, I guess, was supposed to be trying to make him feel better or inspire him in this situation. But I kind of feel like he just made Justin nervous because he's like, it was. Do, you know, do you know what you're going to say? It's all or nothing. I mean, you have to have all your feelings written down and this is such an important moment. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, no pressure. All the pressure. And Justin was kind of looking like, I thought this was supposed to be fun. And for me, I wouldn't really call this a fun date. I feel like it's just emotional stress for no reason. Yeah. And Katie's over there trying on her wedding dress. And uh, you can just imagine all the thoughts going through her head. And speaking of the wedding dress, okay, I thought it was cute. It wasn't anything that I would pick out for myself. The back was cute with yeah. the chains, the rhinestone chains hanging down. It was. Now, I did find out something interesting about this dress. This dress is actually not a wedding dress. It's more so kind of like a gown that you would either wear to a prom or maybe like a beauty pageant. So I found it online and it's made by a guy named Mac Dougal. So he's the designer and it's called the Crystal Accent Deep V-neck gown. And you can get it for $600 on newyorkdress.com or $300 at couturecandy.com. And on Couture Candy it's actually advertised as a prom dress. You know what? It's funny when you said it's reminiscent of a beauty pageant gown because I was in a beauty pageant. I did Miss Michigan 2011. And all the girls that ended up in the top five 
had on wedding type looking dresses. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw it, it it didn't give me wedding vibes, but it did give me exactly what you said, prom or a beauty pageant type exactly. of dress. And then what they did was they exchanged their vows, which I thought their vows were cute, but it wasn't anything too deep. And I did not see any chemistry. I just, I can't see it. No matter how hard I try, I cannot see her and Justin together. No, I agree with that. And exactly when they were reading the vows, I was just like, this does not give me any type of anything. Like, it's not giving. It's not giving crying, emotional, I love you so much, I want to spend my life with you, none of that. It was kind of just like, okay, let me say something cute and meaningful, and hopefully it sounds nice. Right. And one more other thing I want to say about the next part of their date is that whenever they sit down for dinner, they never actually have dinner. Oh, you know what it is? The reason why they never eat is because they make them eat prior to filming. They do it that way so that it's not messy and it's not distracting Mm -hmm. from them actually having a conversation. So they actually always feed them when they're not filming. The only thing that they allowed them to actually do, if you notice on camera, is drink. They can drink, but they don't eat. Makes sense. But if I was the chef, if I was crafty, craft services for those who are like, what's crafty? I would be a little irritated because you have to actually prepare dinner dishes and plate them for no one to eat. You know, they probably eat it after, like... But would you eat it after if you're sitting there? Not the stars. I'm like... Okay, because you and me, we both used to be servers. That's true. I will admit, this you is eat disgusting. The cold food that's been sitting. Wait, wait. Let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> the only time I would eat something that another customer ate was if it was a pizza and they took like one slice off or two slices, and then they were like, mm, "We don't want the rest." And then I would, <laughs> I would go back and I would eat the rest. Oh my gosh. I never, so the only thing I would eat are fries. So like if fries come out, they're cold or fries come out, not I, I'm taking them to the table. I mean, like fries are out. You're looking at them like these are cold. They're not going to want them. I gotcha. No, absolutely not. Not (laughs) the fries that's been sitting at someone's table and then I got to bring them back. Guys, I was hungry. I would be hungry I was hungry. Okay. Don't judge me. I'm not judging. We only get paid what? Well, if you don't live in California, everywhere else, if you're a server, you get paid like two, three dollars an hour. That's plus true. Tips. But um, here I was getting paid eleven dollars an hour and tips, and that was not at the fancy restaurant. That was at that was at Hooters, y'all. I was a Hooters girl, but at Maggiano's, I actually would eat the food because it's all made from scratch. It's Italian. It's really good. And if something went out because those people were so picky, they wouldn't even touch it. They would be like, this is not what I ordered. And then you would just take it back. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is in the back where we kind of have our lockers and stuff, they would just sit it there and be like, whatever. Now you couldn't eat it, obviously, if you're supposed to be serving tables. But if there was something left over, please believe. Right. I would eat it. Well, let's get back to the date because they had a conversation that I felt some type of way about. So what were they talking about? Tell me, Joy. Basically, Katie had a hard time expressing kind of what she was feeling during the wedding because, as we know, her father passed. 
So when she started talking to Justin, she was just like, I'm sorry, I'm having a little bit of a hard time. I'm a little bit emotional. And, you know, he's like, what's going on? So she tells him that before her father passed, she found out that he wasn't her biological father because her mom had kept it from her. So it was a little bit of a double double whammy because the father that she grew up and she had grown to love and have a relationship is no longer here. Right. So now she's picturing a wedding without him. Right. But then she's also dealing with the fact that the person who is her biological father wants to have a relationship with her, but she doesn't really know how she feels about that because it's still just a lot, which I definitely understand to an extent because my father passed. So when I get married, he won't be there, but my stepfather will be there. But either way, it's still going to be a lot for me. Mm -hmm. So she was explaining this to Justin and just letting him in with something that is very, very, very personal and deep. And then Justin. Oh, Justin. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, before you get to that, hold up. Let me just tell them what she said, because she literally asked Justin a question. She said, how do I build a relationship with my biological father while still mourning, you know, the guy who raised me? And Justin responds with, you continue to amaze me with the strength that you have. And thank you for sharing all of that with me and validating who I thought you were. What type of answer is that? I don't know. I peeped that too, though, because I was like, that's not an answer. You continue to amaze me? She asked you a question. You can't even try to answer? No, he didn't try at all. I was like, wait a minute, because for me, these are the type of conversations that bring an emotional bond and that bring trust. Right. Because if I'm sitting in that situation, which I don't know who the guy is, but one day I will have to have that same type of conversation with whoever I'm going to marry so that when we get to our wedding day, if I'm an emotional wreck, you know what I mean? He's on top of it. He like already, I know what to do. He got some stuff in place because that is just a lot for a woman to go through. So if you can't even answer a simple question, how are you going to be there for her emotionally in the moments in all the in-betweens, because it's not just a wedding day thing. It's a whole length of engagement. Right? You know what I mean? Your emotions are going to be up and down. I'm pretty sure that's going to be something that you have to keep dealing with throughout the whole process of your wedding journey. And he had no answers for her. Well, apparently Katie said that she felt so happy and comforted. So I guess her expectation in that department is either very low or the only other thing I can imagine is if they had another conversation that was not aired. That's the only reasonable explanation I can think of. I still would have been upset with that answer. I personally don't like when people say, oh, you're so strong. Because that's not always something that women always want to hear, that I'm strong. No, I don't want to be strong. I'm asking you for emotional support. So right. I didn't, I'm not, no, I didn't like it. Me neither. But apparently... Justin gets a rose, and then they have a private concert with this guy named Max. Just like, who got the last private concert? Was that Blake? Yeah. Yeah, see? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Picking and choosing. (laughs) But Justin said he was glad they had the opportunity to have the conversation that they had, and they shared a dance. Katie said she feels as though 
this could be the beginning of her falling in love with Justin. How? I still don't see the chemistry. I don't know. Uh, That's what she said. Maybe she'll have some more chemistry on the group date. You ready to talk about that? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's move on to... <laughs> really? Are you trying to compose yourself? That's it. You know, I have to pull it together. So, let's go ahead and move on to the group date. Yeah, the group date card says, this queen is looking for her king. Pretty much, they, there were two drag queens that came out, Shea Coulee and Monet Exchange. So, they are drag queen all-stars. And Katie said, no one can find a fake like a drag queen. So, pretty much... Um, these two people are telling the group what the challenge is, that they're supposed to throw shade on their counterparts and prove why they should be there instead of the other guy. Now, wait for a second. When they said throw shade, I was a little excited only for the reason of it took me back to being a kid. And when you start roasting somebody else, like, yo, mama's so fat. She sat on the rainbow Skittles popped out. Exactly. Stuff like that. I was like, oh, this could be a little funny. It I mean, I been. agree with you. I don't know what this has to do with all the tea in China. But I was just like, okay, this might be a little fun. Let's see if they have a comedic side. Let's see if they have a funny side. But it was not that at all. Yeah, it was supposed to be a rose. So all the guys pretty much broke off into their own separate ways to start writing what they were going to say in this debate. Brendan has a burn book, apparently. I thought that was kind of funny. That was actually the first thing I noticed. I said, burn book? Mean girls? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually kind of cute. But then I want to go over to Hunter really quick. So one of the drag queens is talking to Hunter. And they ask Hunter, do you feel like you're in love with Katie? And Hunter responds, I don't really throw that term around lightly. And I don't think I'm in a place right now where I've been able to explore that enough to say that. I think it would cheapen what we have. And you know what? When he said that, I wasn't mad at him because it makes perfect sense. You know, I'm not going to say I love you if I really don't. And they really haven't had that time, like Hunter said, to really develop their relationship. It's later on in this group date. That's when Hunter rubs me the wrong way and just tries to say he's falling in love with Katie. When he just said that he's really not there yet. But anyway, why don't we just go to the debate really quick? The debate was not a debate at all. It was not a roast. It was not throwing shade. It was no yo mama jokes. None of that. James was first, actually. James came out talking about, I have a big heart. All of these guys are second place. Just so, I don't even know. I was like, what is this? Lame. And then Greg wrote a poem, 12 guys in one rose. I was like, okay. Do y'all know what a roast is? Do you know what throwing shade means? Right. Because I'm not convinced. And then there was Brendan. And he threw a little bit of shade. But it was after the drag queens was like, okay, y'all stop. Because y'all trying to keep it cute. Y'all trying to be all nice and polite. But that's not what this is. The whole point of this was to throw shade. You know what I mean? Say what you got to say. Yep. And make it funny. I'm not saying they have to be the kings of comedy, but they didn't do anything. It was very boring. What did Brendan say? Brendan said something about Hunter. What do you say? Oh, um, yeah, because Brendan brought up Hunter's top four list. Yes, yes. Hunter actually denies having a top four list. Hunter acts like he don't know what they talking about. 
when just that morning he did. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then uh, one of the drag queens asked Hunter, how do you feel about Katie? And that's when he says, I'm falling in love with Katie. Absolutely no question. And of course, Trey is looking at him like, what the heck? That is not what I Because Trey was sitting right there. Trey was sitting outside. Exactly. And overheard the conversation. So his face was like, what you talking about, Willis? That ain't what you said when you was outside. And I actually like that Trey was like, hold on, nah. Like, I'm about to call you yeah. out because you're lying. But this is what James was talking about in the last episode where he was saying Hunter is two-faced. Yeah. Now, you know what? Hunter could have said something else. Hunter did not have to lie because when they said, how do you feel about Katie? Hunter could have said something else like, you know, I've never met a girl like her before. You know, she makes me happy when I see her. He could have said something along that lines, but he had to say, I'm falling in love with her. Exactly. He did not have to say that. So that just messed him. You know, that just messed him up. He shot himself in the foot with that one. He did because at this point, now you just look look like a liar. Because you said something completely different than what you said, I don't know, maybe an hour ago. I agree with you. He should have just said something different. He could have actually rephrased what he said to the drag queen in the situation. He could have said, I'm not at the point of falling in love with Katie. However, I think she's amazing. I think she's a great woman. You know, say whatever you got to say to make it truthful. And make her, you know, feel special, but right. don't lie. But you know what? Despite all that that happened, as they go into the group date, Katie says that she's actually not really concerned with what she heard about Hunter and that she still trusts him, which, you know, I thought was interesting. Yeah, I just think it's very interesting because that's kind of a trend with Katie. I understand seeing the best in people, but... She said the same thing with Carl when she was like, I didn't plan on sending Carl home. And then at first she said the same thing with Thomas, like, oh, I trust him. And now she's saying the same thing with Hunter. And it almost makes me wonder, does she have a good moral compass when it comes to people's character? Or do you just want to see the best in people even when you shouldn't? So you just go with, oh, no, I trust you. which. I don't really like because mm-hmm. sometimes you need to call a spade a spade. And when you see the way that people are and you see the way that they act, just believe them. Yeah. So what do you think about her connection with Andrew S? That's the football player that can do the accent, right? Yeah. He got a one-on-one rose. So now he kind of thinks he has it in. And when he sits down with her, he has some small talk with her. I don't think it's anything deep, though. She just asked him like oh how are you doing because you know they still have that operation whoa whoa thing going on and it's funny because he was like oh I'm fine I'm doing fine with it I'm great and Katie was actually a little put off by him saying that she's like what really and he was like I mean no no like it not I'm fine in the sense that she took it whereas I guess maybe he isn't attracted to her in a way so it doesn't make him feel a certain type of way about upholding the challenge that she has going on but he kind of reassured her and said that what they have no one else has and you know just express his feelings to her but it still just didn't seem like anything too deep to me it wasn't she doesn't have the same connection with him as she has with greg because greg came in next to talk to her yeah greg came in 
And she asked him too how he was feeling because she just kind of noticed that Greg is a little more reserved and he's a little more standoffish in group settings. So she kind of was like, hey, just checking on you. Are you good? And he told her he was embarrassed by the poem that he He should be. It was supposed to be a roast. (laughs) Exactly. But he said he doesn't like talking about their relationship in front of the other guys. And she was like, I kind of get that, but she likes to see him open up, you know, when he's around other people, which again, I get because you kind of like to see a different side of someone where when you and I are together, we can have that connection and it could be very intimate and you can open up. But sometimes you also need that man that could be in a room and work a room and you see his confidence and you see his masculinity, his security. And that's attractive for us females to see that in a guy. And I think that's kind of what she meant versus, you know, Greg, you get in front of all these people and you kind of just close up. Interesting perspective. Yeah. He actually asked Katie how she was feeling and she told him she's falling for him and she wanted to give him honesty because that's what she asked for from everyone else. But my thing is, why does she always have to offer him reassurance? Why does she always have to say, I like you, I like you, you're good, I like you. Are you staying? You're staying. I want you to stay. It's like, that's exhausting. You know what? That is true. Yeah. I didn't really pick up on that either. Good eye. But you know what I did pick up on? Oh, Lord. (laughs) It has nothing to do with her outfit. I was going to say, is it a flannel? No. I I was this close to looking up where she got her dress from, but I was like, nope, yellow doesn't look great on me. But I can tell when Katie really likes someone because she does this little head tilt thing. So she puts her head down like, I'm not going to do it. But she kind of tilts her head down and lifts her eyes up. And like a puppy. I, hmm? Like a puppy. Yes, like a puppy. She does that with guys she's really feeling. And, you know, it's just something that I noticed. That's her telltale sign. Ah, look at you being observant. I know. Oh, and do you know what else I want to talk about? Doom, doom, doom. Conspiracy. Dun, dun, dun. Conniving. Plans that are being done behind the scenes that will soon come to light that may end in someone's total destruction. You know who I'm talking about. Trey, James, and Aaron, the three amigos, They get together and they start talking about Hunter. They think that Katie needs to know once again if someone else is here for the wrong reasons. And they're talking. They got their game plan out. They got their, what do you call those? Oh, they got a playbook out, writing down their plays, what they going to do. They they used to make them sound like a football team, like they (laughs) huddled in a corner, like, all right, we're going to run red 48. That's how, that is how I felt. But you're probably right. This is not the first, second, or third time we have gotten to this place. So, what they talking about now? That's it. But then Blake comes in. So, it's Blake's turn. And, of course, she has a little head tilt thing because she is obviously feeling Blake. And he talks about how he's having difficulty with the whoa whoa challenge. And Katie starts getting really blushy, really flustered. But then we have the conspiracy guys again, the three amigos, James, Trey, and Aaron, and it's all their turn to talk to Katie. James goes first, and he assures her that, you know, talking about other people isn't really in his character, but 
he's seeing a lack of consistency with Hunter, and he thinks his moves are calculated. And, of course, Trey comes. Instead of using his time to build his relationship with her, he decides to talk about Hunter, and Aaron does the same thing. They all are shooting themselves in the foot right now. It is too late in this competition to be talking about other people. You would think that at a certain point they would realize, I think hometowns are, what, two weeks away? So why would you ever waste your time talking about someone else when it's this close to the end-all, be-all? Exactly. So when Hunter goes in with Katie, she basically grabs him and brings up the combos he had with the other guys. And she mentions that he's being calculated, or they've mentioned that. He's very calculated in the things that he does. Right. And then Katie says, all of this is bad timing. She doesn't feel good. And she just, now she questions her trust for him. Ma'am, you just said a few hours ago, you trust Hunter. And that you're not worried about Hunter. But now you're worried about Hunter. And that's why I'm just like. She don't know what's going on. And that's why she goes into the bathroom afterward and pukes in the toilet. That kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, she, you're that physically sick from being emotionally flustered by all of this? But you know what? I think it was a buildup. I don't think it was just that one instance. I think it's just an accumulation. And maybe this was just that final straw where she was just like, I just can't take this anymore. Like, you know, it's too much. It's a lot. I don't know. Only reason I can't relate is because I've never let outside things or other people's opinions or situations get me to the point where I am physically sick from that. It can really wreak havoc on your body. Oh, yeah, definitely. You need to give um, Katie some of your tips. Katie, I got you, girl. Just hit me up. I got you. So pretty much at the end of the date, Katie is, of course, sick to her stomach, so she ends it, and she does not give anyone a rose. But you know who actually does have a chance at a rose? Connor B. Because Connor B has an, a one-on-one, and I have a question for you. What's the question? Okay, so their one-on-one date is actually a double date with Caitlin Christow and her fiancé, Jason. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about going on a double date as an adult as kind of like your first date. You know what? I'm not opposed to it, honestly. If I did not know the person, I probably would be more okay with it because I don't know them. It's a little bit of comfort to be in a situation where I might know, you know, my girl came and she brought, you know, her man with her and then it's me and then the guy that I'm there with. That would kind of be cool because it eases eases the pressure. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But outside of that, I don't think I would want to be in a double date situation unless we all were friends. Because I think if we're all friends, friends, those are so much more fun. Yeah, those are fun. Okay, I was just wondering. I feel like if I met someone online, then of course I would not be meeting them alone, you know? Because online dating is like a big thing now because at first it was like, online dating, what the heck is that? But now it's like the thing. But anyway, it really depends on the situation. It does. And I think it depends on who you take. But it kind of seemed like they all had a good time. 
because they were playing volleyball and they play like a coconut roll game. And then they had the dating questions game. And then the guys kind of went to the side and were grilling. Um, so Connor and Jason had a convo and he was just telling her that him as in Connor was telling Jason that he really likes Katie a lot. And then Katie and Caitlin, they were kind of off to the side. And Katie was just saying, like, maybe in the alone time, the magic will be there. Because up until that point, Katie felt like Connor is in the friend zone. And that there is not really a spark there between them. So she was just saying that maybe in the alone time, the magic will be there. And that she just needs to kiss him one last time. When she said this, I don't know why. But my brain was like, what do you think this is? A Disney movie? what do you think this is cinderella sleeping beauty like let me just kiss him one more time and find out that was a little weird to me i'm like girl this is not a fairy tale she was probably expecting the uh the crew to cue the fireworks cue the fireworks with the private concert she was gonna kiss him and had a one little leg pop like princess diaries i don't really know but i was like what is she talking about i don't know (laughs) So Connor was on cloud nine from this kiss. Like he was feeling it, sparks flew for him. To Connor, the fireworks were going. So when he was getting ready for, you know, the date part two, the nighttime part date, Connor's in his room, he's getting dressed, he's getting ready, he's doing his hair. And then we see Katie in her room crying. So. <laughs> Wait, I knew, I knew it was bad when you um, saw Katie and she had her pink sweatshirt on. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. She had a sweatshirt on. She came to his room, y'all. But let me just plug this in there. Her cropped hoodie was by a brand called Good American. And you can buy it for $50 at Nordstrom. I know Good American. That's the Kardashians, I think. I don't know. I think that's um not Courtney, Chloe. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. But I do have to say this: her sweatshirt was tailored at the bottom. Well, that's good to know. So at least when people go, if they look at it, they yeah. don't, they understand why it looks two different ways. Yep. If anybody's interested in her sweatshirt, but I think you guys are more interested in the breakup. So Katie is there, and she's trying to tell him how great of a guy he is. And she's struggling with tears. And Connor knows that she's ending it. And he's just like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. And he hugs her. And Connor asks her, like, you know, what happened? He obviously wants to know. So Katie just tells him the truth. She said that when we kiss, there's something missing. It was just funny because Connor literally was like, after all this, like, man, I wish I wasn't such a bad kisser. Yeah. (laughs) And a part of me felt indifferently because if he's such a good guy he has such a great personality there's all these things that you like about him but you're basing all of this off of a kiss that is kind of a stab to the heart because if somebody said oh well why didn't it work I would rather you say you just you're not what I'm looking for or maybe I just feel like we're on two different paths right now yeah not for them to tell me I don't know when we kiss is just not there so you're basically telling me You're a bad kisser, but maybe what she meant was the chemistry, the physical chemistry wasn't there, not necessarily just the kiss, but she didn't really have that spark, the butterflies, the fuzziness, the warm feelings. I think that's what it was. Yeah, because you notice in the beginning when she would kiss Connor, she always would kind of push him away. She did. If you guys go back 
her little hand, her little tiny hand was on his chest. And she would, like, just gently push him back. Like, she didn't oh, do that to nobody else. But she did that to Connor. So, basically, they have to say their goodbyes. Like Michael Jackson said, I never can say goodbye. No, never no, no way. We are so off. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. And Katie had to send him home. All the guys were so shocked. Trey was literally crying like a baby. Literally. Y'all, hold on. I have never in my life seen Greg was crying too. Greg shed some tears. Yeah, he did. But Trey, I was utterly confused. Why are you crying, sir? What do you have to cry about? Did she just send you home? Like he was crying because he knew he was next. <laughs> he knew he was next. I guess he felt like, would you? He said that. Wait, he did say that because he was like Connor was such a great guy. You know, I thought that he was going to be here. And it probably was that realization that if she's sending someone like Connor home, there's no hope for me. Exactly. But you're going to cry about it, though. That's I don't understand that part. I'm sure partially he was sad that Connor left because everybody really liked Connor. You could tell he also knew that he was about to go. home. Probably all the men got a reality check. Oh, but you know what, though? The thing that I did notice with Connor was before he even went on the game date with Katie, they showed him roll his suitcase over to the wall. And when they showed that, I just knew he was going home because they never showed the guys actually put their suitcase somewhere. Normally Mm, you'll see like a PA or like a producer or a producer's assistant come and grab it once they leave. But you never actually see them put their packed suitcase somewhere. So that kind of made me feel like, oh, he's going home. That told us, y'all. And then Blake shows up. Katie is all in her feelings in her hotel room. And then Blake shows up outside, John Cusack style, holding a boombox in the air, playing their song, because now apparently they have a song. And she is just smitten. She's just like, oh my gosh, I'm just not expecting you. Oh my gosh. And she meets him. He comes upstairs. And then they hang out. Blake created his own one-on-one date. He did. He saw what needed to be done, and he slid him there like swimwear, and he did what he needed to do for a rose. And they had a whole makeout session when he came out. Katie said she was speechless with him showing up. It was the greatest surprise ever. She just told him that when she's with Blake, she doesn't think about anyone else. And with Blake, this is what she's looking for. Now, I get it. I have never had anybody do that for me. I've me never neither. had anybody show upside my window playing a song like, Joy, come downstairs. But then it also depends on where you live, though, too. Listen, our street, <laughs> the outside of our street, it ain't that busy at night. I mean, you might have to deal with some homeless people that be out there yelling. But Okay, yeah, but if you live in an apartment and somebody comes out with a boombox, everybody turn their lights on, looking outside. What is going on? Out- well, actually, here... We would probably think it's just somebody outside. That's what I was going to say. You would just think it was somebody's radio from their car. (laughs) You would just be like, okay, here we go again. It only happens in those little quiet suburban neighborhoods. But you would think that would be worse in a quiet suburban neighborhood. Like somebody would be like, shut up. True. (laughs) So Blake now kind of has a one up on all the other guys. And... It's time for the cocktail party. And the men, they're all sitting around talking about how they need time with Katie and how they didn't get it before. 
because they shot themselves in the foot earlier by talking about Hunter instead of building their own relationship. And now it's crunch time. But wait, there's more. Katie comes and she breaks the news to them. She says that time is just not going to make a difference and that she wants to go straight to the rose ceremony. And the men are so worried. The men who didn't get time. But they did have time. They just did not use it properly. So did you know that she was going to send four people home? I didn't know, but I was not surprised. Because when I looked at who was left in the room, you just knew that you had the people that she already had the connections with. And then you had the people who she has not spent any real time with. So it was kind of just for me process of elimination. I wasn't surprised either, especially who went home. Exactly. It was almost like the last round where when you saw the three dudes that left, you knew she weren't going to keep them above the other guys that she actually gave a rose to. It was the three amigos and Hunter. Exactly. So she said, I have to follow my heart. I hope you guys understand. But she takes Hunter outside to talk. And she just took him out there because she wanted to resolve things from the group date. And she was just looking for clarity. Hunter didn't really have anything to say. He didn't, to me, in my opinion, he didn't give anything that was super valuable. And he didn't say anything that could have changed her mind from everything that she heard before. So they just kind of had a quick little conversation and came back in. And then she gave out the roses and she gave them to Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael A., Mike P., and Brendan. I would like to formally say goodbye to all of those men. There are other fish out in the sea. And I really, got, I really hope that you guys find love. And there's a rumor that some of them will be finding love in Bachelor in Paradise. I wouldn't be surprised. And I was not going to watch that show at first, but now I kind of want to. Because not only are some of these guys going to Bachelor in Paradise, but also, guess what female from Matt's season is on that show? Jacinia. Okay, who else? Victoria. Yes, Victoria. That was a guess. I didn't even know, but I know they're going to put her in some drama. Victoria's on that show, and she has blonde hair now. She doesn't even look like herself. I guess like Aaliyah said, but if at first she does Guys, do you notice that I find a song for everything? <laughs> and there's also a song for the end of this podcast that we are about to play. But first, we always have one burning question for you all. What would you do? What would you do for the road? What would you do? What would you do? What would you do for the roses? 